Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Ooh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller? I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome in, podcast listeners. Thursday edition, Outkick the Coverage. We dive into the NFL schedule release. Also, NBA and NHL playoffs. Joined by John Morosi in Hour 2 to break down Major League Baseball as well as the NHL. And Hour 3, open up the phone lines discussion, Ovechkin versus Durant. What would happen if Kevin Durant knocked out a dude during a game versus what happens when Alexander Ovechkin does it? All that, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, usually on Fox Sports Radio, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific, but you slackers get to hear it live right now, kind of, on your podcast. Let's roll. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Appreciate you spending your Thursday morning with us here on Outkick. So, several things going on last night. First of all, the NFL is so cocky that they can turn the release of the order in which your favorite team plays its games into a major sporting event. Last night, 8 o'clock Eastern, you already knew 
who your team was playing. But the NFL knows that you care so much that they can be like, oh, we're playing that team in week two. Oh, man, that's crazy. I thought we might play them in week six or week nine or week 15. The NFL is so confident that you are obsessed with their product that they can turn the release of the order in which you play teams into a major issue. And by God, if it isn't a major uh, story every year. Because people start leaking the story, leaking the story. Oh, the schedule's leaking. Well, you already know who you're playing, yet people gobble it up like mad. Whether you're going to be on Thursday night, when you're going to be on Thursday night, when or if your team's going to play Monday night, all these different storylines that everybody jo- uh, grabs onto. Uh, and uh, unless your team is awful, and there are truly some awful teams, you probably got some primetime games, and you probably got some fun. Here are the teams that are truly awful. Because basically the NFL is saying, hey, you guys are going to suck. We're not going to make people watch you. The Arizona Cardinals, one primetime game in 2019. The Buffalo Bills, zero primetime games. The Dolphins, one primetime game. And uh, the Tennessee Titans, one primetime game. You know that your team stinks when you aren't put on primetime at all that the NFL doesn't want to have to deal with putting your team on in any way. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about the uh, NFL schedule release uh, as the show progresses, but that happened last night. More importantly, hockey is drunk. Uh, I'll bring in Eddie Garcia, our resident NHL expert for this, but the Avs last night beat the Calgary Flames, I believe they're called, uh, the eighth seed in the NHL playoffs through eight games, is now 7-1 and one against the number one seed. You want the definition of unpredictable. The Colorado, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets already beat the Tampa Bay Lightning, who had one of the best seasons in the history of the NHL, 4-0. Already got the sweep. And then last night, the Avs brought it again against Calgary, who's the number one seed in the West, to take a 3-1 to one overall series lead. So I'm not sure if this is utterly good or utterly bad for the overall uh, the brand of the uh, NHL to have teams that dominated during the course of the regular season get completely dominated by teams that were mediocre uh, once we get to the actual postseason. But that is pretty wild in general to have that outcome happening. Uh, and then in, uh, so that was uh, the outcome. The other two uh, NHL series tied up at 2-2 now, which uh, happens incredibly frequently. The Bruins coming out and taking it to Toronto. Toronto has not, uh, along with the rest of the teams in Canada, it's looking like it's going to be potentially a uh, another rough off season for Canada. Canadian teams not won the Stanley Cup since 1993 and the teams that people were optimistic about in Canada not looking that good again now that the postseason is here. Uh, and then the Dallas Stars whipped the uh, the Nashville Predators to tie up that series at two apiece. But in the NBA, we finally started to get a, a little bit of separation. We had the zigzag theory working for a while, which was if your team was bad in game one, you need to beat them, bet them in game two. That theory gave up the ghost last night. The Celtics stormed back to beat the Pacers. looked like the Pacers were going to get the tie uh, in the series. Pacers have been very bad down the stretch. I think 4-11 and 11 
in their last 15 games uh, for the Indiana Pacers. It's like uh, the Victor Oladipo injury finally has caught, caught up with them. But for much of the game, it looked like the Pacers were going to get that win. And then for people like me who had bet the Celtics minus seven, we got a gift. We got a gift. The Celtics came back. They were down one, I think, with a minute to go, and they managed to win by eight. An unbelievable gift if you are a gambler. Uh, Celtics get the eight-point win over the Pacers to take a 2-0 lead in that series. Uh, the Bucks continue to dominate the Pistons. Uh, just not an even matchup in any way. The Bucks get a 21-point lead after, I think, what, our 21-point win after a 35-point win, I think, in game one. And then the Rockets. I, I think this is a legitimate storyline that is not getting enough attention. I think the Rockets are going to beat the Golden State Warriors in the next round of the NBA playoffs. I really do. The Rockets have been the best team in the NBA since the All-Star break. And the Utah Jazz is a good team. And the Rockets have just come out and dominated them two games in a row in Houston. Now, maybe Utah will bounce back and win a game uh, in uh, Utah. I think they probably will. But I think the Rockets are going to close out the Jazz in five games. I still think the Warriors, who play tonight in, uh, in L.A., will close out the Clippers in five games, too. But then I believe we're effectively going to get the NBA Finals in the second round of the, uh, of the NBA playoffs. Because I think the two best teams, in all honesty, are the Rockets and the Warriors. And the Rockets, in the last 14 games against the Warriors, have won eight and lost six. So a lot of teams in the NBA hope they're going to beat the Golden State Warriors. The Rockets know they can do it. Eight and six straight up. Two of those Warrior wins came with Chris Paul injured last year in the seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals. I think that uh, the Rockets, with a healthy roster, are eight and four straight up in the last 12 against the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors obviously have lost to Marcus Cousins. I think that the, the Warriors are going to lose in the second round of the playoffs to the Houston Rockets because the Rockets know they can beat them, and I think the Rockets are going to get it done. We'll see exactly what ends up happening there, uh, but that is the series for me in the NBA playoffs. Now, the Eastern Conference is still wide open. You can make a case for certainly the Bucks, The Raptors bounce back in one game, too. The Celtics are up 2-0. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight, I believe it is, with the 76ers and how that series goes. But the Eastern Conference is wide open. So you can make an argument that a lot of different teams from the East could advance to to uh, to the Eastern Conference uh, to, to win the NBA Finals, uh, win the Eastern Conference. But, man, what an intriguing setup in general that second-round matchup between the Warriors and the Rockets uh, would be. Um, all right, so uh, when we come back, I will bring in – Eddie Garcia will get an update on uh, the, the craziness that is the NHL from our resident NHL expert. And I'm going to dive back into a conversation that we were having yesterday uh, about whether or not fighting is good for the NHL in the wake of Alexander Ovechkin knocking out a 19-year-old rookie in the NHL uh, and that player still not being able to go as we get ready for Game 4 in the Carolina versus Washington series um, and see what happens there. And I want to circle back around, but we'll start with a breakdown of how wild the NHL playoffs has been from the context of eight seeds up seven to one on one seeds. That's really just unbelievable to have happen in both the Eastern and the Western Conference uh, playoffs already in the NHL. It's good or bad for the league. 
Uh, all that still to come. In hour two, we'll touch base with baseball. Uh, weekly guest John Morosi will step in. That is where we are headed. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for Forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities 
so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Might want to stay off Facebook. Might want to stay off the Twitter machine. The Mueller report's being released this morning. Right? If you want to immerse yourself in uh, in sports, might be a good time. Maybe pull up all those NFL schedules, just be going through them. I don't know if you want to be hopping on social media in a couple of hours. Just warning you, early. Interesting news, too. I didn't hit this out of the break. Texas A&M has lost their athletic director, Scott Woodward. He, has a, he is going to LSU to replace Joe Oliva. This doesn't happen that often where an athletic director in conference moves, particularly one who's been as good as Texas A&M's AD here lately. Grab Jimbo Fisher, who I think is going to win at a very high level at Texas A&M, and then also went and grabbed Buzz Williams uh, from Virginia Tech to take over the Aggie men's basketball program, and he is now going back home to LSU. So uh, the LSU athletic department has been a little bit of a mess. Uh, They ended up with Ed Ogeron as their head football coach after pursuing Jimbo Fisher and Tom Herman and not being able to get either of those deals done. Uh, And uh, we'll see what happens with Will Wade at basketball there. He got reinstated. And by the way, tip of the cap to LSU because they reinstated Will Wade as basketball coach 10 minutes before Game of Thrones came on. So you want to talk about a way to just, uh, I always think for PR purposes, the best possible time to announce news is when you know everybody's going to be fixated on something else. For instance, be a great time if you're in the world of sports to come out with news right as the Mueller report gets released today because everybody's going to lose their mind over the Mueller report coming out. 400 pages, media is going to go insane, brand new uh, talking points. Uh, It's going to be an utter battlefield out there. And it's a good time to sneak in your news, which might be a little bit negative and would otherwise get a lot of attention. You always want your new news, if it's bad, to be coming out when something else is going to distract people. It's like uh, it's like the, the, the American public and the American news media in general are like kids when they get shots. You know how when a kid's about to get a shot and you have to get your vaccines or you have to go get blood drawn or whatever else, get your finger pricked? If you can distract the kid and have them looking at you and not paying attention to the needle that's about to go into them, if you can do that, it doesn't hurt as bad, right? That's the same way that news is from a PR perspective. Uh, Let me bring in Eddie Garcia. Eddie, you are a resident NHL expert. Is it good or bad that the eight seeds have been kicking the crap out of the one seeds in the NHL playoffs? You have the Columbus Blue Jackets eliminating the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-0. And now you have the Colorado Avalanche going up 3-1 on the Calgary Flames. 7-1 straight up the 8 seed against the 1 seed in the NHL playoffs. Good or bad for the sport? I think in the in the specific case of Tampa Bay, not good. Um, but generally speaking, I do think it's good. I think it's good to be unpredictable. I think you're more interested in watching if you don't know what's going to happen. So, and you know, Calgary in that case, that's not nearly as shocking as what happened with Tampa Bay. Flames are good, but there are a lot of good teams in the West, and that one's not going to be as big a shock if it does happen. There, anything can happen. I think it's fair to say in the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, and we've already seen that in the first what two weeks of uh, of action that has been going on there. All right, I want to bring in the crew. Everybody else, confess. Did you immediately check to see what order 
your favorite NFL team would be playing their games. I I sometimes think that the NFL is like a drug dealer. They know that every NFL fan out there is addicted. And sometimes the way that they create storylines amazes me. Because we're in the middle of the NBA playoffs. We're in the middle of the NHL playoffs. And it's like the NFL just has to flex. And they say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get more attention than your actual playoffs by releasing the order in which your team will play games. And I got to be honest with you, at 7 o'clock Central Time, my time, 8 o'clock Eastern, I got out my phone uh, to, to see what the, uh, the the team, what my team, who sadly is the Wobegon, awful Tennessee Titans, who are just going to be a disaster this year, I'm convinced, um, what their schedule was going to be and what order they were going to play. Danny G, were you waiting to see what order the Raiders were going to play the games that you already knew they were going to be playing in. My name is Danny G, and I am an NFL crackhead. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, it's one thing if you'd say NFL draft (laughs) is next week, right? And by the way, let me say this. We're doing a live show in Nashville uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. I'll be doing a live evening outkick leading into our coverage of the the NFL uh, draft. So Joel Klatt, uh, Jay Glazer, Rob Stone, Chris Spielman will be live on the radio throughout the NFL draft from Nashville. I will be their lead-in. So if you are going to be in Nashville for the NFL draft, uh, we'll be live outdoors at LP Field, which is our Nissan Stadium or whatever the hell the Titan Stadium is called now. They've created some sort of NFL village in the parking lot surrounding the, uh, the, uh, the uh, football stadium there. Everything, my understanding is, is free at the NFL Draft, but you can come watch us from 6 to 7 uh, Central Time, 7 to 8 on the East Coast, you can listen. So we're doing a primetime, one-hour version of OutKick in the evening. Now, let me say this. You're out there right now, and it makes sense that you're going to care about the NFL Draft, but the fact that all of us tuned in to see which order our teams would play games is just evidence of what a drug dealer the NFL is. And you were there, Danny G. You woke up uh, and you made sure, you know what, I got to make sure I know what order the Raiders are going to be playing games. Oh, and even before that show came on, I was listening to Colin Cowherd on my way home yesterday and somebody had leaked the schedule to him in advance. Yeah. So he wasn't getting into specifics, but he said, "Uh uh-oh, if you're a Raiders fan, rough, this is going to be brutal. Somebody's sticking it to you from the NFL, and so it piqued my interest. Uh, Raiders usually get a tough schedule, but then I wake up to – I left the NFL Network on my TV because I wanted to wake up to it, and counting the London game, the Raiders are going to play five straight games on the road with a bye in there from weeks three to eight. Pretty brutal. And I think they have seven of those games are going to be early start times. Yeah, that is... Uh, Which, that you, is, you know, teams on the West Coast never play very well in the early games. Yeah, look, I mean, I'm a Titans fan, and I looked at their schedule, and I said, okay, they're starting 0-4. I'm not going to get that invested in this year's team. I know I was saying, like, I was potentially going to go uh, retire, uh, but when I saw the schedule come out, I was like, I mean, geez, this is this is a pretty tough schedule <laughs> for the first four. They go on the road um, against the Cleveland Browns, right? I mean, the Cleveland Browns going to have four primetime games. So that gives you a sense. The NFL, based on primetime games, gives you a good sense how good they think your team will be uh, and how entertaining they think that they w- that your team will be. Uh, and then the Titans uh, get to play the Indianapolis Colts at home. Uh, Andrew Luck has won 11 straight. I mean, it's an unbelievable statistic. Andrew Luck has beaten the Tennessee Titans 11 straight times. And then they go on the road against Jacksonville and Atlanta. Uh, the Titans are starting 0-4. 
And I saw that, and I was like, okay, the first four, their season's over. They're going to start off 0-4, and, uh, and we're going to be talking about where the draft pick's going to go and what they're going to do with Mariota. So I, that kind of is some piece, you know. So uh, that's the way that I was. Dub, were you eagerly awaiting the release of the NFL draft? I mean, the NFL uh, schedule? I mean, I don't even have a favorite NFL team, and I was still all over this thing, checking out the Sunday night games, Monday night games, Thursday night games. And hats off to the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if you saw their official team schedule video release. The Game it's like of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Scheme. yes. I mean, that was pretty cool, I thought. But yeah, I don't even have a favorite team, and I was all over it. Uh, what about you, Eddie Garcia? Were you embarrassingly way too invested in what the Steelers' schedule was going to look like? Um, I'm, I don't think is as much as you guys so far, but um, my wife and I, my wife is a huge NFL fan, so that, that makes it a big day in our house, and we like to go to a couple of road games every year, so finding out what the dates are and maybe seeing how that fits into our plans and around holidays and all that kind of stuff certainly made it to where we needed to check it out and find out what dates were, were the games here and there and all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the holiday angle, you know, uh, and trying to figure out how exactly that that schedule is going to break down. Um, but uh, I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the in general, I would say the only real benefit of this is kind of figuring out what the NFL thinks of your team based on primetime games. And the Browns having four primetime games is like, wow, they are the it team coming into the season. Uh, Roberto, I know you're unfortunately a Raiders fan too, but were you all in on this? Nah, not really, mainly because I already know who the teams are going to play, and I'm not really planning on going to any away games, really. So, no, I wasn't really too invested in it. I was sleeping. I think I, I just I'm amazed by the ability, and I think the NFL deserves credit here for their ability to turn events like they, they basically create a season-long, year-long event out of uh, a season that lasts for four or five months. They do such an incredible job of of turning everything into a major event. And the draft next week is going to be a prime example of that. The draft will get way more attention than the actual playoffs that are going on between the NBA and the NHL playoff teams. Um, all right, we talked some about this, and we've talked a, a, a great deal, I would say, about it on the show. I want to make sure I hit this, uh, but uh, but let me circle back around. Have you guys been paying attention to this Robert Kraft news and uh, the continued battle that's going on down in Florida? I, I, I think that this is an example of when people like me who have large voices need to speak up, all right? I think that the behavior of the state of Florida prosecutors – and uh, their attempt to humiliate Robert Kraft has been beyond the pale indefensible. And let me explain exactly what I mean here. I have been putting on my lawyer hat on a regular basis on this show for several years now, anytime there's a major legal dispute that's out there. And I've been telling you, hey, this is what I think is going on. This is what I think the impact is going to be. This is how, from a legal perspective, I would analyze this situation. And so if you listen to this show regularly, you know from the moment that Robert Kraft got arrested, I have been very skeptical that he was going to be convicted of a crime. And I can run through quickly why that is. Um, but the primary reason is I think that this investigation in Florida was not designed to protect anyone. I think at some point in time they decided we need to justify the amount of energy, effort, and resources we have spent on this investigation. We need to find somebody famous and humiliate them, okay? I think that is 100% the real story that's going on in the state of Florida. 
Um, and Robert Kraft, 77-year-old widower, uh, goes into a massage parlor in Jupiter, Florida, and pays for a massage and then may get a happy ending, and it's on video, okay? Um, the video uh, evidence was obtained through a warrant that suggested that sex trafficking was going on in this uh, in this massage parlor. And the argument for the sex trafficking was, well, these women are being held hostage. They aren't being allowed to leave. And they when they announced these Robert Kraft charges, if you remember, they made a big show about, well, this is not just a consensual sexual act where Robert Kraft is paying for a massage with a happy ending potentially. This is sex trafficking. These women are being held hostage. They can't leave. Have you noticed that they had to admit the state of Florida did, oh, by the way, there was no sex trafficking going on. These women were voluntarily working in this place, coming and going as they saw fit. And so they now, the state of Florida, released uh, leaked news yesterday that they were going to try and release the Robert Kraft video in order to further embarrass him, even though that video, I believe, was obtained improperly. And let me explain. Some people are like, well, how can evidence be obtained improperly? And I think that's a question that a lot of people have out there. How does this evidence get tossed out? Let me give you an example. Uh, There is something called the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine. And the fruit of the poisonous tree doctrine holds that even if you find evidence that somebody has committed a crime, if you obtain that evidence improperly, it is not allowed to be introduced as evidence of a crime in a trial. And the idea behind that is, let's say, you pull somebody over who is driving down the the road. And when you pull them over, you discover that they have uh, a, a ton of cocaine in their trunk. If you didn't have a justifiable reason to pull over that car, the fact that they have the cocaine in their trunk is not admissible. Now, if they have a broken taillight, or if they have expired tags, or if they ran a red light, or if they were driving in a haphazard fashion, driving across the line, and you thought maybe they had had too much to drink, if there is a reason for a police officer speeding, certainly, if there was a reason for a police officer to pull over that car and then they were able to discover as a natural result of a reasonable prosecutorial stop, reasonable suspicion, that something bigger than that happens, then that evidence could be admissible, right? I mean, that's kind of the storyline in general. I don't think any of this evidence against Robert Kraft is going to be admissible in a court of law, and I think the state of Florida is just now trying to humiliate Robert Kraft. Because what reason at all is there for this videotape of him in a massage parlor naked worthy of coming out? Now, I've also argued I think that Robert Kraft has a pretty good defense against this solicitation charge because if he paid for a massage and then the woman who is giving him the massage decides to do something more than give him a massage and then he pays her a, a bonus on top of that, If there's not evidence that he was paying directly for sex, I don't understand how you can even get him for solicitation. And that doesn't even consider the fact that my personal belief is this shouldn't be a crime, right? You can agree or disagree with me, but it's the oldest profession in the world for a reason. 
there's a lot more demand for sex than there is supply of sex. Men, by and large, are willing to pay for sex. And if you're out there and you're saying, well, I've never paid for sex, it depends on what your definition of sex is. Uh, and Sorry, it depends on what your definition of paying for it is. But I'm curious on the crew. Do you guys get the sense now that we have moved from Robert Kraft committed a crime to the state of Florida now is trying to use all of their power to simply humiliate Robert Kraft? I mean, other than to make jokes about it, is there any justifiable reason at all why Robert Kraft, it's not just Robert Kraft, by the way, it's like 30 other guys that are in this massage parlor video. Is there any reason other than making jokes about why these videos should be released into the public domain of naked men uh, other than trying to humiliate these men? It seems it's now clear there was no sex trafficking going on. It's now clear that these were consenting adults. It's now clear that the video, I believe, uh, surveillance and the warrant that was obtained for it was obtained improperly. In other words, this evidence is not going to be admissible. It seems to me now that the state of Florida and the prosecutors here are just trying to humiliate Robert Kraft. Danny G, do you get that sense too, that we've moved from, oh, this guy did something incredibly wrong, to now the state of Florida is aware they're not going to be able to convict him and they're just trying to humiliate him? Yeah, for sure. It seems like this story has moved from Robert Kraft being embarrassed to the state of Florida being embarrassed, or they should be at least, because what started out as what everyone thought was going to be this huge human trafficking story is now what? Is this an old dude paid for <laughs> yes. a happy ending, and you want to yeah. release the video exactly. to humiliate him because he's famous? How did we get from that to here? How did that happen? Um, I think because Robert Kraft got good attorneys, and I, I think the media still has not covered this as aggressively as they should. To me, the question is: Is this an appropriate use of state resources to uh, to spend months with videos secretly installed, watching men? get naked and get massages and remember some of these guys probably did just get massages so they didn't even commit crimes there's probably lots of men who were on tape that may have just gotten a regular massage and the state of florida is recording them naked in uh in a massage parlor without their knowledge at all and now they're just trying to be humiliated to me this is this is a this is a really bad invasion of privacy and i think very often our government is overreaching in terms of charging people with with crimes that are not violent offenses, but this is like you're invading somebody's privacy. You're trying to humiliate them. I mean, am I on an island here, Dub? Or when you hear this story, are you kind of starting to think the same thing? No, I think you and Danny G both hit the nail on the head. I mean, to me, this is totally inappropriate. They're just out to uh, embarrass Robert Kraft and all the other people that were on surveillance. I there. mean, the release of the tape, uh, Eddie Garcia, are you with me? The release of the tape here, there may not have been a crime that was committed at all. It just seems like the state of Florida is bitter and angry, and they're just, at this point in time, trying to humiliate Robert Kraft. Do you get that sense as well? Well, I think it's hard not to when you read that they had a deal that you know they wouldn't release the tape until after a judge had ruled on it, and now they're trying to kind of circumvent that to get it out there before the judge can rule on it. I mean, what's that about? Yeah, I mean, I think if you live in the state of Florida or anywhere else uh, for cases like these, I mean, to me, this is just a blatant attempt to try to humiliate a guy. I mean, I I just actually feel pretty bad uh, for the way this whole thing has gone down. And also, I think a lot of times the media is used by people in positions of power to try to get their story out there. And I think the sports media has done a bad job 
of covering this story overall. There have been some people, some exceptions out there, uh, but you know, we live in an era where everybody wants to immediately judge, and that's one of the things that I try to get people to step back from and say, okay, let's wait and see what the actual facts are as opposed to letting everybody need to make an immediate decision because there are a lot of people in the world of sports, I think, who Robert Kraft's a good example. So is Reuben Foster. I mean, the guy gets absolutely raked over the coals, released by the San Francisco 49ers. The Washington Redskins sign him. Everybody ridicules the Washington Redskins. What are they thinking signing Reuben Foster? It's amazing he can get away with domestic violence like this. And then it comes out that he didn't do anything wrong, really, in the grand scheme of things. And he has to pay a couple of uh, you know weeks' salary in order to be completely cleared. But we will try and convict somebody uh, based on one side of the story before they even get an opportunity to respond. And I just don't think it's healthy. And Robert Kraft has the resources to be able to fight this, but I've been on this for a long time. The criminal justice system is not fair, right? Uh, the color that matters the most in the criminal justice system is green. If you have enough money, you can fight the charges that are brought against you, uh, which a lot of people don't have if uh, if they don't have the same uh, amount of resources. And I think Robert Kraft is emblematic here of how somebody cannot really do anything wrong and the state can decide to come after them in an aggressive fashion in an effort to humiliate them. Uh, when we come back, uh, we will uh, continue the discussion on the NBA and the uh, NHL playoffs. I'm curious as we go into the game between the, uh, the Clippers and the Warriors, how nervous should the Warriors fans be out there? Should you still take the Warriors versus the field? I said I'm on the Rockets now to win the NBA title. I'll see what everybody else believes as we get ready for game three in this series. Warriors coming off a disastrous 31-point collapse at home. How will they look in Staples Center tonight? We'll discuss. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for 
forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Um, uh, we've got the Warriors tied up at one game apiece after they blew game two, 31-point lead to, uh, to Marcus Cousins injured. Uh, this is maybe the time when the Warriors have had a lot of doubters. In particular, Kevin Durant hasn't looked very good in the series so far. Patrick Beverly has been uh, annoying him. I think when I heard these comments from Kevin Durant, that you got to run to the window and get down as much money as you can on the Warriors in their game tonight. Kevin Durant was asked about uh, the series, and he had this to say. I want to have a little back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Kevin Durant, I'm (laughs) – and, and the discussion was actually really interesting surrounding that as well, talking about the fact that he can shoot over Beverly and the way Beverly plays him. He's, he hasn't gotten the benefit of the calls because he's like a gnat, kind of uh, out there, uh, kind of just trying to get as close to him as he can, said he didn't blame him. That's how he makes his money. Uh, but You know who I, I am. Yeah, you know who I am. I think that the Warriors are going to come out and utterly dominate. It's my favorite bet tonight in either NHL or uh, in uh, NBA action going on in the playoffs I am going to go all in on the Warriors tonight I had a good night last night if you watch lock it in I won all three NBA games last night uh, and uh, won a lot of money so uh, I've been on a little bit of a roll in the NBA playoffs but last and, and that's even with some of the games you know being tough to predict like I had the Spurs plus seven and they were what a 19 point lead 
uh, with six minutes to go, and they ended up not even covering. So that was a tough one. Last night, maybe I got it back a little bit with the Celtics with a remarkable cover against the Pacers. If you had bet uh, the Pacers plus seven, you really uh, took that one on the chin or plus seven and a half. Um, But I feel like the Warriors are going to show up and dominate against the uh, Clippers tonight in L.A., does anybody open open uh, voice to disagree? Anybody on the show feel like this game's going to be competitive? I mean, I think it's going to be competitive, but I think the Warriors will prevail in the end. I think Warriors by twenty or more. Uh-huh. I, I think they are going to show up and utterly dominate against the Clippers in Game Three. And I understand because they're so pissed off of how they yeah. blew it. Yeah, I think they feel like – look, I think Steve Kerr started uh, a little bit early. I think when he went back and watched this game, he'll probably say, you know what, I should have – I think, what, Steph only played like three minutes uh, in uh, once they got up big. I think he was trying to limit his minutes. I think he was working on a few different things with the lineup, uh, especially in the wake of the DeMarcus Cousins injury to try to figure out exactly what makes the most sense. Uh, and so uh, I think he took it easy thought the game was over uh, when they got up that big. And for all intents and purposes, it typically is, right? I mean, there's a reason why this is the biggest comeback in the history of the NBA playoffs. And so I think Kerr got a little bit overconfident and, uh, and and allowed the Clippers to come back and keep it close. I don't think he expected his team to lose. I think they will play with pedal to the metal uh, from the moment that ball is tipped against uh, the Clippers in game three and that this will be a, a, an utter destruction for the Clippers uh, and the Warriors, I think Kevin Durant's going to go off. It wouldn't surprise me if he scored 40 or 45. Um, I think Steph and Clay will have big games. Clay Thompson seems to have decent games against uh, L.A. teams in general because he's basically playing back back home, uh, close to home. Uh, so I think this is going to be a uh, – of all the games that are going on tonight, and I know the Warriors are a substantial favorite around 8.5, but I think this is going to be – an ugly, ugly look for the uh, for the Clippers. When we come back, start off hour two. Appreciate everybody who spent hour one with us. The AAF has filed for bankruptcy. What does that mean for the XFL? What are the details out there about the AAF? What does this mean for spring football in general? Is there an interest at all in a football league in this country that is professional football other than the NFL? I will tell you why I think the answer is yes when we come back next on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back. Hope Hope everybody is having a great Thursday morning. Uh, I am Clay Travis. We are here hanging with you on Outkick. Ooh, are you pulling a Rich Eisen running a 40? I, I, I went downstairs to get a banana for breakfast, and uh, and I got distracted. I was reading uh, the, the article in the, uh, the Wall Street Journal about uh, Patrick Beverly being a pest with, uh, with Kevin Durant, and then I've got my radio studio, which is on the top floor here of the Outkick Mansion, so I had to sprint all the way back up. I happened to look down. I was like, oh, man, the show's about to start, and then I was eating a banana and running up the stairs, and I was thinking, I might trip and die here. I don't know that anybody's going to even be able to, like, what would happen if I tripped and choked to death on this banana? That's Uh, why I always use the elevator in my mansion. Yeah, I don't have an elevator yet. Uh, That would just be showing off. Uh, So, uh, by the way, i got to finish this. So, when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. TrueCash offer not available in all areas. I'm on the top floor. We've got three floors of the house. So my top, the top floor here, I've got a television studio, I've got a radio studio, I've got everything in the house. So if you watch Lock It In, uh, you know, and I do the talking head thing, I've got the entire television studio set up so that they dial me up from, you know, LA for television. And then I've got the entire radio studio in the house too. 
So everybody in my house is sleeping. I mean, you know, it's 6 a.m. my time, 7 a.m. on the East Coast. Uh, and so everybody's still sleeping. So usually after hour one, I'll go get breakfast. You know, usually for me, breakfast, like a breakfast bar, a banana or whatever. So I got distracted by that Patrick Beverly article reading about Kevin Durant in the Wall Street Journal this morning. And then I happened to look over and I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I got to get it back upstairs. We got uh, we don't have that much time till the, the segment starts. And then when I got upstairs and put on the headset, we were just finishing the opening and I didn't get a chance to get my breath. And then I got to read all these uh, these advertisements. And let's be honest, uh, I'm lucky to be alive. Uh, and I didn't even get to finish my banana. I still have banana in my hand. So uh, this is uh, this is a tough situation. Hashtag Travis Strong. Yeah, I, I'm uh, I, you know, let's be honest. Uh, it's a pretty impressive <laughs> performance by me. Um, so, uh, a couple things that I wanted to hit here, uh, off the top before we go to John Morosi, um, NFL schedules came out. If you're curious who has the toughest NFL schedule, uh, unfortunately for Danny G and Roberto, it is in fact the Oakland Raiders. Uh, they have the toughest opponent win percentage. Now, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of variation year to year in the NFL. So sometimes the games that you think are going to be against opponents that are the toughest don't end up that bad. But based on last year's record, uh, the Oakland Raiders uh, have the toughest uh, overall 2019 schedule, followed by the Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Houston Texans, and the Bears and the Chiefs are tied. So those are the six teams with the toughest schedules in the NFL. And uh, for the record, the 2008 Steelers were the last team to win the Super Bowl despite playing the toughest schedule based on opponents' uh, win-loss records from the previous season. So I do think that matters in general, uh, even though sometimes the teams that you anticipate being the most difficult to end up not being as hard as you would have anticipated. So uh, we were talking, I teased as we went to break there uh, for people who were listening at the end of Hour 1, that the AAF has filed for bankruptcy. And uh, the AAF, of course, the Spring League that had to suspend operations. This thing was the fire fest of the, uh, of the football universe. I don't know how many of you watched the Firefest documentary uh, on Netflix. And I think there was another documentary on another station. Like there were multiple Firefest documentaries. But the Fire Festival was this, uh, it was supposed to be in the Bahamas, this amazing, uh, this amazing uh, festival of, uh, of music that was going to take place on a bohemian island. And they had all these really wealthy and popular influencers promoting the Firefest on social media. Uh, all sorts of really famous people. And uh, the thing ended up just being a total disaster. I mean, it, and if it's a really fun documentary to watch because I think it kind of speaks to uh, the degree to which the credulity with which many people will buy into what they see on social media in this day and age. Well, the AAF is the sports version of that. They filed for, uh, for bankruptcy saying they have $11 million in assets and liabilities of nearly $50 million. And the league has just $536,000 in cash. Players had to get their own plane tickets home. This thing turned into an utter disaster. And um, some people are saying, well, that's evidence that there isn't a demand for a spring football league. I actually believe the opposite. I think the fact that the AAF worked in any way, despite all of the uh, all of the clear procedural, structural, financial hurdles that existed for it, uh, I think it kind of proved that there's a pretty good demand for spring football. And I think the XFL, now that the AAF is out of the way, is going to launch next year and do really well. 
I, I, I mean, I honestly do. Um, it's going to have a partnership. This has been reported already, so I'm not breaking news here, but it hasn't gotten that much attention. With Fox and with the, uh, the uh, ESPN, every game is going to be easy to find on cable. And I think the XFL's really big, smart move that they have made is they will sign college stars at 18 or 19 years old. So in theory, if you have, let's say, a, a first-year freshman running back who comes out and sets the world on fire, instead of having to come back to college for two more years, like a Marcus Lattimore, and tear up his knee in his sophomore and junior year, the XFL is saying, hey, you can come play for us. You can sign marketing contracts, shoe deals, whatever you want, and we'll pay you several hundred thousand dollars a year until you're ready to go to the NFL. I think this is helpful for college football because I think it kills the argument that you should have to pay college players because they will have another option to go professional in football if they don't want to be going to school, if they don't want to be you know, retaining their college eligibility. They don't have to wait three years to go get paid to play football. I think there's a lot of interest in those guys in general. Like I'll give you an example. And I've, I might have used this before, but Trevor Lawrence is going to be probably – based on the trajectory he's on right now, the number one overall draft pick in the 2021 draft. Trevor Lawrence, freshman quarterback at Clemson, beats out Kelly Bryant, wins a national championship, plays phenomenally well in the game against Alabama out in San Francisco to win the national championship for Clemson. Uh, if you look at that game, it's fair to say Trevor Lawrence projects with everything that the NFL loves. Big, strong, prototypical pocket passing quarterback he right now would be a I think prohibitive favorite to be the number one overall pick in the 2021 draft but for the next two years he's going to have to make no money playing football for Clemson doesn't really make a lot of sense because he's ready to go pro if he wanted to after his sophomore year and start making a lot of money and honestly it's probably the best thing he could do to go ahead and get into the NFL because then he can get to his second contract faster. You know how in the NBA guys want to get to their second contract faster because those rookie contracts don't pay that well? Well, look at what Russell Wilson's going to make. Look at what Baker Mayfield's going to end up making. Look at what Patrick Mahomes is going to make. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be the first $40 million a year quarterback in the NFL. You want to get to that second contract as quickly as you possibly can. Well, what if the XFL went to Trevor Lawrence and they said, hey, we know you're going to be the number one pick in 2021. Wouldn't you like, after your sophomore year, to come play in the XFL for Bob Stoops or whoever they think would be a top developing a quarterback uh, system? And you can immediately sign all of your apparel deals. You could immediately get millions and millions of dollars from Nike, or Adidas, or Reebok, or Under Armour, whoever wants to sign you to promotional contract deals, and we'll pay you several hundred thousand, maybe millions of dollars a year, and then you can go into the NFL draft. So instead of playing for Clemson for free, we'll pay you millions of dollars to leave college football a year earlier than you otherwise would be able to, and we'll help you be a more successful pro and will eliminate the odds of you getting hurt and costing yourself a lot of money because you can go ahead and lock in millions and millions of dollars as a younger guy. Now, maybe Trevor Lawrence doesn't make that decision. Maybe he thinks, you know what, I'm better off staying at Clemson 
until I go pro and they can develop me better. But maybe he looks around and he says, I feel like a little bit like a animal in a cage on a college campus. Can you imagine how famous Trevor Lawrence is going to be on Clemson's campus? Maybe I'd rather move on and play football full-time and not be trying to go to a chemistry lab at 8.30 in the morning on a week of a big game. Maybe Trevor Lawrence just doesn't want to continue to go to school. He just wants to focus on football full-time. Well, the XFL would offer him that opportunity. And I'm using Trevor Lawrence as an example of a guy that clearly there is massive interest in from a draft perspective. I think if Trevor Lawrence could have gone pro after his freshman year, he would be this year the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. I really 100% believe that. I think that assuming the Arizona Cardinals wanted to go out and draft a quarterback, I should have to put that caveat in. It's always the possibility that a team doesn't want to take a quarterback number one overall. But usually if there's a guy that everybody wants, there's somebody who will trade up to get him. So I think either the Cardinals would take him or somebody would trade up to take Trevor Lawrence. If he were able to come out this year, he would be the number one overall pick in the NFL. And he would start to make millions and millions of dollars. Instead, because of NFL age restrictions, he has to come back for a couple more years. Does that make sense? Not really to me. Could he be interested in the XFL? Certainly. And if Trevor Lawrence is not, aren't there likely to be a bunch of college guys who have proven themselves as freshmen or sophomores that are ready to start making money and don't want to be on a college campus anymore? Yeah, I think so. Where would those guys go play? The XFL. Would there be interest? I think so. Especially when you consider that those guys could theoretically go from playing in a bowl game in January to playing in the XFL in February. You would not even have to sit out a full year. You could play your freshman or sophomore year, immediately go from playing sophomore year, let's say, college football, to being a pro playing in the XFL in February. Would a lot of people watch those guys continue at play, see how they do in a pro sports league? Yeah, I think they would. So I really like that angle on the XFL. I like that they're going to have a Fox and an ESPN deal. I think that the failure of the AAF is not a uh, is not a verdict on the overall uh, demand for spring football. I think it's actually the exact opposite. I think it proves that Vince McMahon and the XFL, there is a demand, and the AAF failing proves that even a poor business plan and even a poorly executed league that did not have the resources to be able to continue for very long can make some dent in the American sports calendar. I think with ESPN and Fox behind them, the XFL is going to be really, really successful next year when it launches. And I'd start to make a move if I were Oliver Luck, if I were the XFL, on guys like Trevor Lawrence. Go ahead and try to talk to them and be saying, hey, Trevor, you're going to finish your sophomore year in January. We'll pay you millions of dollars in February to start playing for the XFL. You can make millions of dollars a year earlier. Maybe he doesn't go, but I think that storyline and that option is a big one. All right, when we come back, we're going to be joined by my guy, John Morosi. We're going to dive into Major League Baseball. Find out what's shaking in the world of Major League Baseball. Uh, He's going to join us in hour two on Thursdays all throughout the Major League Baseball season. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is a local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for forklift operator to customer service the team at express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role turn to express employment interviewing with express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with express employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community don't go in your job search alone visit expresspros.com expresspros.com today If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life to empathy and action. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Uh, welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Joined by John Morosi. We bring him in now to break down everything baseball. Uh, John, appreciate you joining us. Uh, but I want to start with hockey because you're also a hockey expert. 
How wild was the Columbus Blue Jacket win over the Tampa Bay Lightning from your perspective? Well, good morning, Clay. Uh, it was really one of the more improbable first-round results we have ever seen in any sport in our country. I, I, I'm comfortable saying that. I, I cannot fathom anyone, anyone, would have predicted a sweep <laughs> by the Blue Jackets of the Lightning. Uh, in, in fact, uh, our Mark Adelberg, a researcher at NHL Network, said it's the first time ever that any uh, President's Trophy winner uh, with, of course, the best record in hockey has ever been swept in the first round of the playoffs. So, so literally it had never happened before. Uh, and even then, Clay, the Lightning had a 3 nothing lead in Game 1, and they blew that lead, and, and then they never really regained their footing. So... This remarkable story, credit to John Tortorella and the Blue Jackets. They've got some talent between Duchesne and Panarin. It's really been an explosive offense for them so far in this in this Cup playoffs. And when a team like that, when even when it's an eight seed, Clay, when they get going, when they get confidence, this is the this is the one sport where the playoffs can really. Shock you! You saw it certainly in in Nashville, where the Predators made it to the Cup final as an eight seed. Uh, we've seen that happen before. We've, uh, so this is not uh, nothing right now is is off the table for them. It's just it's a remarkable story for uh, really sports in North America. And, and to think about both the Lightning and the Penguins, the the, the standby, uh, a real standard team and in, in a, a mainstay in these playoffs for so long. Both being swept in round one, remarkable, and certainly uh, the, the Flames have really had their hands full with, with the Avalanche, and the Preds are now even with the Stars, so uh, a lot of unpredictability here early on in the postseason. Who would you predict to be in the Stanley Cup final right now? Well, uh, I, I will, full admission here, I, I, I had the lightning going, Clay. Uh, I, I think based on the way that everyone has played, I, I want to go out on a bit of a limb here and, and, and predict the Islanders. I mean, they're, they're, their offense has really impressed me, and, and I think they, they've gotten some really stout goaltending as well. When you beat the Penguins like that in the first round, and certainly uh, you could say the very same things about the Blue Jackets, um, I, 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 I've just been very, very impressed by the Islanders. So I'm going to go Islanders, a bit of a back-to-the-future look for them. Um, and then uh, in the West, I'm going to go with, with St. Louis. Uh, you know, I know they're, they lost the last two games, but they were so hot coming into the, to, uh, the playoffs. And actually, I, I basically picked them to win the Western Conference, so I, I can't abandon them at 2-2. Uh, but the West, I mean, think about it. The Flames, best record in the West, they're down 3-1. Uh, so there, there are just some extraordinarily surprising stories developing right now in the NHL. All right, so that's what's going on in the NHL. Let's, I actually want to ask you this question, too, uh, because we're going to talk about this, I think, in Hour 3, and yesterday we talked about it as well. Alexander Ovechkin knocking out the uh, 19-year-old for the Carolina uh, Hurricanes. I said that I believe that fighting and a situation like that is a bad look for the NHL, and uh, I'm curious what you think. Well, in general, I... With fighting in the NHL, I I have never been a big pro fighting guy. I I don't I don't really understand why it's necessary, and especially at this time of year, when you I I take a look at, at this Clay and take a step back. My general comment on fighting is this: that the the to me the best brands of hockey that we see as a hockey fan, the Olympics and the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the Olympics has. No fighting because then you're disqualified for the next game. So no one ever fights in the Olympics, like no one. And in the NHL playoffs, it's it's a rarity. It's a really big rarity. 
So I, I, I don't think the game needs it. And, and certainly, you know, baseball is principally the sport that I cover. Um, but I've always said this about hockey. If you love hockey, um, certainly the way I do and the way a lot of people do, if you love, love the game for the game itself, your game, you should love your game so much and, and see the virtue in it so much that you don't need fighting to in some way add a, 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 another entertainment level and dynamic that you don't need. It, there's, there is so much action whistle to whistle, there's no need to, to, to me, uh, add another other elements of, uh, of the sport in that way. So that's, that's how I look at it. I, I've, um, I, I respect the opinion of those who are on the opposite side of that issue who, have, who, have, who believe fighting is a place in the game, but I personally uh, do not. I would, I would rather see it not part of it and, and just have the, have the good, hard play be during the course of the uh, in-between the whistles. Why do you think they haven't eliminated it? And the reason why I, I say that is it, they, football is insanely physical. I know you're a big Michigan fan, right? College football in the NFL. If you fight in college football or the NFL, you get kicked out of the game immediately and uh, or in some cases like Leonard Fournette last year, you get suspended. Like you miss games. I don't think there's anybody out there who's like, "Oh, football isn't a very physical sport." But they say, "You know what? The game itself is happens during the whistles. If you uh, take it beyond the whistle, you're going to get suspended and you're going to miss games for fighting in uniform pads, everything else, big physical sport. Uh, basketball has completely eliminated basically fighting. And if it happens, it's a major issue and guys get suspended and face significant consequences if there are actual punches thrown. Hockey could stop fighting very easily. You mentioned the Olympics. Hey, if it happens, you get kicked out, you're not going to play, the consequences are severe. Why do you think the NHL just hasn't stepped in and done it and said, hey, we're taking this out of the game? Well, there are a few reasons. Number one, uh, the commissioner has has said, and, and this is his word that he has used, that, that he believes that fighting acts as a thermostat. And by that he means that, that the, the threat of a fight, the existence of fighting, tends to limit the amount and, and temper somewhat the extent of the violence between the whistles. They, they would, if you spoke with a fan, with a long-standing fan of the Edmonton Oilers, for example, they would tell you about, well, Gretzky would have been injured by a cheap shot many times over had it not been for Dave Semenko on, on his line protecting him. And, and, and that is, there is some truth to that. And, and, that's, and that is a, it's, it's difficult to all of a sudden drop a hat and, and tell all the NHL players, listen, you're just not going to take liberties, and, and you're not going to have cheap shots against the best players anymore because we're just not going to have fighting anymore. It, it, it would represent a, a dramatic change in culture. And there are a great many questions about the history of humanity. Why does culture take a long time to change? It's just it is something that, that the, the Canadian um, uh, origins of the sport, there was, there, this, this has been a part of the game for a very, very long time, and, and that has been very slow to change. Uh, so there, there's been some just somewhat stubborn insistence on the way things used to be. There is some validity, as, as I said, and I think the commissioner is right, that, uh, that they believe that the, the, the existence of, of fighting does tend to limit the amount of violence between the whistles, uh, we can say. Uh, and there also are there is a certain segment of fans who like fighting, and, and they are a very vocal group, and, and, and their opinions and their beliefs on that uh, are heard by the league, and the league says, you know what, if our fans... They're going to pay their hard-earned money if a lot of them want to see fighting. 
then they they will on some level be rewarded by seeing fighting every now and then. The other thing is 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 the game, and I'm I'm a I sort of look at it the other way. There are some people that that, that believe this keeps a a a type of person in the sport who is either endearing or and or deserving of a spot in the NHL. The the enforcer that is a job. That is that is a a, a hard paying job, uh, a high paying job by any reasonable societal measure, and it keeps this hard working individual who is almost universally regarded as a gentle giant, great teammate off the ice, uh, and a loyal one on the ice. It keeps that person in the league. Now that's at the expense of someone who is probably higher skilled in terms of their ability to actually play the sport. But that roster spot is taken up by the sort of prototypical, hard-working, um, brave, fighting player. And, and for, where, for whatever reason, that is, there is a, a, a certain sense, I think, among the players that that, that person deserves a spot in the National Hockey League, and, and certainly it's been the case now for, for many, many years. A man of many talents, John Morosi, breaking down the larger issues surrounding the NHL, and he's also here primarily to talk about baseball. So let's dive into that. <laughs> Uh, coming into the year, the expectation was Yankees, Red Sox, both going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a real battle in the AL East between those two teams. Nobody told Tampa Bay that. While the Lightning may be collapsing, uh, the uh, the uh, the Rays are hot. Uh, is this an aberration through 18 games or so, or have you seen something to suggest this could continue throughout the season? I think the Rays, Clay, are as as good of a team as there is in baseball. And, and now they they've got their their ace. Pitcher right now, Blake Snell is in the DL after uh, a unfortunate mishap with a decorative object that fell on his foot. Uh, so he'll be out for a start or two. Uh, the Rays hope it's no more than that. Um, but their their pitching depth is extraordinary. They, they had a very good rotation last year that allowed them to win those ninety games, even as the Red Sox and Yankees were winning a hundred plus. Uh, but to that group, they've added for a full season now Tyler Glass now, who's pitching like an all-star, um, and then Charlie Morton, who has come on and, and really added a lot to their rotation, both in experience and in performance. Uh, they really can pitch. There was so much talk last year about their, the very avant-garde way that they run their pitching with the opener, um, and, and the reality is uh, the, the reason the opener works is they've got a lot of good pitchers. Um, and the key thing there, this is the one little quick inside baseball point to make, they're able to cycle in and out their pitchers. I think of the 13 pitchers on the roster, 10 of them are on, are on option, which means they can be sent to the minor leagues and back without passing through waivers. That allows them to protect their depth, and they're not locked in, for example, with the Red Sox. The Red Sox have a lot of struggling pitchers, and they can't do anything with them. When you've signed Chris Dale to a multi-year extension, and he's struggling like this, you're not going to send him to the minor leagues. You can't do that. So there's there are uh, there's a, an inherent flexibility the Rays have. They use it well. They understand who they are, their identity, and right now they've got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. How what letter grade would you give Bryce Harper on his debut with the Phillies so far? An A, I think. The, the, you look at the the way that the, where the team is right now. They're in first place, and Harper actually his overall performance, Clay, this this spring early on. Uh, I know his average isn't terribly high, but his OPS of 9.48 is basically higher than it was last last year this time. So he's he to me is is off to a strong start, and and more than anything else, the team is winning games. That that he he was brought in to entertain and to win. We talked before about how his numbers sometimes haven't always added up. 
the key thing he was brought in there to do is, is to bring in that presence to the middle part of the lineup, allow the other hitters to have productive starts to the year, and sure enough, Reese Hoskins at 981 OPS, Andrew McCutcheon at 929. You've got the veteran guys there, and even the young guys are having really good starts. And I think a lot of it's because they feel less pressure now that they've got Bryce Harper around. So I think Harper overall, they're in first place. He seems to really embrace the city and their fans. Uh, I think an A so far for Bryce. Uh, the Dodgers. Uh, we had Clayton Kershaw finally return. What do you think about Kershaw and uh, the Starcross Dodgers have started off 12-8? and eight. Uh, what have you seen from them? Are you optimistic or pessimistic? The, the two key things for them this week, quality start from Kershaw, quality start last night from Walker Buehler, of course, uh, from Vanderbilt University, uh, six and a third innings and uh, zero earned runs yesterday. Uh, the, the, the biggest questions that I had for the Dodgers were, is Kershaw going to be healthy and is Buehler going to be healthy? They both had some issues with their um, shoulders early on in, in spring training. The other part has been, to me, the amazing season so far of Cody Bellinger. He made a swing adjustment last year. He had some struggles, but so far this year batting 429 with power. Um, he, to me, is, is an extraordinary talent, and uh, they certainly have lost Kemp and Puig since last year. It's worked because Bellinger's production has more than made up for their loss. Uh, the Cubs have the second-best run differential so far in the NL, yet they are sitting uh, next to last place at 8-9. Is this a statistical anomaly, or should Cubs fans be nervous? Um, I think both. I, I think eventually they're going to rise up. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not worried about their, their super long term. I think, to your point, uh, they'll find a way to, to I believe, ascend uh, up the division in, in pretty short order. However, it is a competitive division, and I still am seeing some worrying signs from you, Darvish. You Darvish this week, he still walked a lot of batters against the Marlins, was not able to finish six innings. Um, they need more from him, candidly. Uh, they need more. I know on some level, uh, nibbling, as he talked about that, and trying to uh, nibble around the strike zone and throw strikes, that's been a part of his game for a long time. But with the money he's making, Clay, he needs to be better than that because uh, the, at this point in time, the Cubs simply don't have as much money to spend elsewhere. and So they, they need the big stars they've spent on to pitch well. So they need Darvish to be great, and they need Morrow to come back healthy here and help stabilize the bullpen very soon because the bullpen's the reason why that with that uh, great run differential, they still have lost a lot of very close balls. We're talking to John Morosi. Last question quickly for you here. So far, the AL West is the best division in baseball when you look at it top to bottom. Houston right up the top, Seattle right there. Who's going to win this division? Is it the best division in baseball? Um, I think the NL Central is the best division in baseball, Most comp- even though they've only got uh, – and actually you can make a case for the NL East as well. I, 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 I don't think it's the West. I think it's, it's, it's in the National League. You've got more competitive teams, I think, overall top to bottom in that league. I think Houston wins the division. Uh, we've seen the Mariners amazingly fast start, but they have now lost six in a row. And Houston's lineup, just their overall strength, Altuve being healthy, Correa being healthy, uh, Bregman doing what Bregman does. Um, they've been a lot of fun to watch, and I still love their rotation as well. So uh, I think Houston's the best team there, and it may even be the best team in the American League, Clay, with, with, the, with, with the way that both the Red Sox and Yankees have struggled. Uh, the best division in baseball... I would I would go in terms of at least four teams strong. I would say either the NL Central or the NL East with, with that amazing group there of four teams. And I'll just say NL East. NL East for me right now is the best team in baseball. Just the, the way that they brought in so many great talented free agents during the course of the offseason. Love the way those teams are playing right now.
Outstanding stuff as always, my man. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate you getting up early with us. My, my pleasure, Clay. Enjoy the Preds games coming up, my friends. It's been a really competitive series so far and three great games to come, I think. Yeah, I may go on Saturday. Um, Excellent. Enjoy. Yeah, no idea what's going to happen in uh, in that series or really any series going on in the NHL right now. We come back. I think we got some Animal Thunderdome for you. You're not going to believe the animal running rampant right now. Animal Thunderdome, boys and girls. Get geared up next on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for Lift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with Express Employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com, ExpressPros.com today. If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Appreciate all of you hanging with me. Hope you're having fantastic Thursdays, wherever you may be across the country or around the world. Appreciate you spending time with us, especially as we get ready for Cue the Music Boys, the Animal Thunderdome. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm just glad I was there. Boys and girls. I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken. Dying times here. I have a bullet constrictor stuck to my face. And you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome. I think this, well, you got maybe several stories, I'm not sure. But when I saw this story, I thought this seems like really bad luck. Of all the animals to get killed by, I wouldn't have anticipated this. Yeah, this is horrible. Paul McDonald went outside to feed his pet deer on Wednesday morning. The Australian father never came back inside. His wife Mandy and the couple's 17-year-old son Ethan heard that something was wrong on their property, which is in northeast Victoria. They went outside and found Paul being attacked by their pet deer, according to the Sydney Morning Herald. Ethan, the son, ran off to get help as Mandy tried to save her husband. The male stag, which the couple have owned for two years, shifted his attention and aggression towards her. Ethan came back, was able to save his mom from the animal by whacking the deer in the head with a slab of wood. ABC reports that she has been airlifted to a Melbourne hospital and stays in critical condition. She suffered injuries to her upper body and legs. Responding officers shot and killed the deer at the scene, saying that they were concerned for the paramedic's safety, but it was too late for Paul McDonald. Unfortunately, the farmer died from the injuries inflicted by the deer. He he was rushed to the hospital, but it was too late for him. So a deer. Yeah. And that just seems like awful luck. It's it really, like, yeah, it really does. You don't hear about deer killing people, but... You do, but it's always because like a car hits Yeah, a right, exactly. You don't hear about a deer attacking somebody like this, especially somebody's pet. But what's this guy's name? Barry Howlett of the Australian Deer Association. That's a thing. He told the Morning Herald that the fall months are deer mating season, which brings on higher testosterone levels. And it's fall, by the way, in Australia, I guess. Yes. Right? And so they can be way more aggressive this time of the year. So he says he's not that surprised. That's kind of a tough quote to say, I'm not that surprised that a deer decided to attack and almost kill two people who were raising it. Yeah, uh, it's... A horrible tragedy. I mean, I understand when people who like have tigers as backyard pets or lions or whatever else and something goes wrong with those animals, but you don't anticipate a deer just going crazy and killing somebody. Horrible. And we know all about alligators in Florida because of mating season there, as we talked about in yesterday's Animal Thunderdome. Yes. Well, an 80-year-old Florida man fought off an alligator in his backyard. He was able to pin it down until police arrived. Ed Chapman said he took it upon himself to try to capture a six-and-a-half-foot alligator this past Tuesday in southwest Miami-Dade County. Chapman says his dog, Rocco, alerted him to the intruder, 
And so he ran and got a noose pole. I guess that's a thing to have if you live in that area to try to capture it. He says, I went and got my noose pulled and got it around its neck, Chapman told WSVN TV. He swatted me with his tail, though, and knocked my legs out from under me. Chapman struggled with the alligator uh, until it was in his pond. He says, we argued together until we got all the way over to the pond and I held it down while I also tried to dial 911 at the same time. I said, I just need some help. I got it contained. We need this 911 call. I know, but I need some help. I can't get it out of my pond by myself, he said. The Where best- did he think that he was going to take the alligator, even uh, if he got it like to move? That is a great it's question. It's a six-and-a-half-foot alligator. I would understand if it was like a small alligator. and you, But even then, you have to take it somewhere. Well, and this guy's a grizzled vet. Listen to this. Chapman says he has a lot of experience with dangerous animals because he collects venomous snakes for research. Oh, of course he does. And he breeds wolves. <laughs> breeds wolves? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a, There's a great video of the police on his property. Do we have an interview? We need to get this guy on the show. No, I mean, the news report, they don't talk to him. Well, I guess they do for a second. I'll see if I can pull that audio. But the video, they focus on the police officers trying to help him corral this gator. Pretty amazing video. I'll tweet that out at Danny G Radio, and I'll tag you at Clay Travis if you want to go to our Twitter accounts and look at this video. I don't even understand what a man could be thinking trying to get the alligator out of his own backyard. I mean, if it's six and a half feet, regardless, he was going to have to put the alligator, what, like a truck and drive it somewhere to get rid of it. That's a great point. I mean, how weird would you think it was if an old dude just pulled up in a public park, (laughs) undid his like truck, let's assume that he has a truck, dropped the gate, and then an alligator just climbs out and gets in the water. I I noosed him. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand what he was thinking in general because he's going to have to uh, – maybe he was going to kill the alligator. I don't know. And eat it. I mean, that's a possibility, certainly. Yeah, I, I am not sure. It, it would be awesome to talk to this guy. Yeah, I would love to get him on the show. I mean, the fact that he's breeding wolves is pretty terrifying to me to begin with. Who buys a bread wolf? Is there a huge demand for wolves out there? Not that I've ever heard of. I mean, that doesn't seem like a pet I would want to have either, not to mention the poisonous snakes. I'm sure that guy's had poisonous snakes escape in his house before because we talk about the fact that everybody who's ever owned a snake, somehow the snake has gotten out of the cage. But, uh, yeah, 80 years old and deciding to wrestle with a six-and-a-half-foot alligator in your backyard, questionable decision-making, I would say, in general. When we come back, final hour of the show, I'm going to open up the phone lines. We're going to see how this goes. And we're going to have a discussion. I am fascinated by this uh, Alexander Ovechkin thing. uh, Knocking out the 19-year-old. He gets a five-minute penalty. And the question that I asked yesterday that got everybody all triggered was, what would happen if Kevin Durant had punched Patrick Beverly when they got kicked out of their game and knocked out Patrick Beverly? I think the answer is Kevin Durant might be out for the entirety of the NBA postseason at a minimum would miss a lot of games. Why has hockey allowed fighting like this to occur? We're going to have an interesting discussion about this. I'll open up the phone lines 877-996-6369. When we return, this is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios. Last night, the NFL took over the American sporting calendar by telling you in what order your favorite team will play games. The NFL just insanely cocky. 
they will step right into the NBA and the NHL playoffs and say, hey, you guys already know who you're playing, but we're going to tell you what order your team is going to play them, and they turn the NFL schedule release into a big story. It's really remarkable, and I think speaks to how dominant the NFL is on our cultural landscape. A uh, bunch of different games going on in the NBA. Every home team took a 2-0 series lead. Celtics storm back. Tough defeat for the Indianapolis Pacers, Indiana Pacers if you were uh, on that side of the equation, especially from a gambling perspective. Celtics down one with a minute to play, end up covering and winning by eight. Uh, the Bucks uh, storm and dominate against the Pistons and the Rockets, who I think is the are the best team. I really do think the Rockets are the best team in the NBA right now. They dominate the Jazz to go up 2-0. I think the Rockets are going to beat the Warriors in uh, next uh in the next series, I really do, which is going to surprise people that the Rockets and the Warriors are playing in the second round of the NBA playoffs, but I expect that to happen. Uh, in hockey, it continued to get more and more intense. The Bruins beat the Maple Leafs on the road. Preds get whipped by the Stars, and the Avs uh, beat the Flames. This is wild for uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs so far. The number one seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs so far has won one game. The number eight seed in the Stanley Cup playoffs has won seven. So the number eight seed has beaten the number one seed seven out of eight matchups so far. Certainly uh, four of those Columbus Blue Jackets over the Tampa Bay Lightning in an insane upset. Uh, Those are the universe of the stories that are going on right now. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, meaning today, um, actually, the Warriors are, I think, going to dominate the Clippers in uh, the NBA games that are going to be taking place. I think the Warriors bounce back and destroy the Clippers tonight in Staples Center. Uh, You've got the Nuggets uh, going on the road against San Antonio. Pretty fascinating game there. Uh, And the 76ers on the road against the Nets. Those are the three NBA games. In the NHL, and this is what I want to lead into and get a discussion going here uh, and why we said we're going to open up uh, the phone lines. In the NHL tonight, you have got the Caps, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champs, on the road against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Blues and the Jets all tied up at 2-2 in Winnipeg, and the Golden Knights trying to close out the San Jose Sharks on the West Coast in those games. But I want to focus on this question that we touched on a little bit yesterday Got so much reaction to. I said I wanted to open up the phones. Theoretically, the phones will work. Dub is there manning the phones. Uh, But my question was that I got into the discussion yesterday. Alexander Ovechkin is the best player, I think it's probably fair to say, in the NHL playoffs still playing. Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA playoffs. Alexander Ovechkin hasn't been in a fight since 2010. He gets in a fight with a 19-year-old knocks the 19-year-old out, the 19-year-old's head hits the uh, ice, and as a result, that 19-year-old is not going to play in game four, maybe out for the series. He's got a concussion. We'll see exactly what ends up happening. The penalty for Alexander Ovechkin for that fight, five minutes in the penalty box. That's it. It's the only penalty that Alexander Ovechkin will face. Now, we'll see what kind of things might happen on the ice as a result of uh, of what Alexander Ovechkin did to Carolina Hurricanes' uh, teammate. But that is completely expected and countenanced, and there's no issues, by and large, with that happening in the NHL. My question for you was this. If you watch the or have watched the series between the Golden State Warriors and the uh, L.A. Clippers, Durant and Patrick Beverly were both kicked out of the game in Game 1. 
and Durant kind of shoved Beverly, and he talks about him after the yesterday, talking about how he guards him, gets up close on him, and everything else. If Kevin Durant knocked out Patrick Beverly, and Patrick Beverly's head hit the court like we saw happen with Ovechkin in his fight uh, in the uh, in the NHL game, Kevin Durant would be suspended for multiple games, maybe for the rest of the NBA playoffs. And that's despite the fact that they could square up and be fighting one-on-one just like happened in hockey. The NFL, which is a physically dominant sport played by really physically dominant athletes, does not allow fighting to occur. Guys are in pads. Guys are in helmets. If it happens, you get suspended from games. Why has the NHL been able to continue to allow fighting to happen in its game when the NBA basically came in and said, we're never going to allow fighting anymore after the malice in the palace, when the NFL has never allowed it. And Major League Baseball, they allow it only in the sense of, you know, I think is a ridiculous situation when you're throwing at, uh, at each other. But if it happens, then you get suspended if you charge the mound or if you actually throw punches at each other. They don't suspend as aggressively as I think they should if they wanted to completely eliminate it. Certainly in the world of soccer, if you get into a fight, you get a substantial suspension. So my question for everyone out there, why does hockey continue to allow fighting? And what rationale can you give for it? And the history of it existing, to me, is not a very valid defense. Well, hockey has had fighting for a while. Well, that's just, I mean, that that to me is a function of you continuing to allow it because the NBA had fights for years and years and years. And then finally, they just said, you know what? We're not going to allow this anymore. And they ceased to allow it. And I'm not saying it wouldn't still occasionally happen, but if the NHL wanted to, they could end fighting in the snap of a finger. If they suspended guys for multiple games for doing it, I think the sport would cleanse itself. If you listen in hour two, John Morosi pointed out that the best hockey out there, the Olympics, there's no fighting. Typically, in the postseason in hockey, there isn't very much fighting. My thesis, which triggers a lot of people on why this is allowed, is because hockey fighting is white dudes. I think this is an example of race. Not trying to go all Jamel Hill on you. You know, a lot of times, I think that these arguments are crap when race is used as a reason, I think if the majority of hockey players were black, they would not allow fighting in the NHL. And I think this is the reason why it's continued to exist. I think it is a race-related thing that the NBA said, hey, black guys fighting is bad for our business. We are going to stop it. And they stopped it. And I think they're right. I think that if there were regular fights in the NBA it would be bad for the NBA's business. Um, I think the reason why hockey allows this is because hockey is the whitest sport on America, in America, maybe other than golf, which doesn't allow fighting. Although, can you imagine if they did? You could square up on the, uh, on the green if you got mad at somebody over uh, etiquette on the golf course. And um, I think that the fan base is by far, if you go into an NHL, uh, NHL arena, it is a huge percentage of white people, and it's white dudes fighting. And I think there isn't the cultural pressure to stop white guys fighting. And nobody says ever when uh, NHL guys fight, 
oh, look at those thugs out there, right? The words that you use sometimes can be coded based on what you think of a race or group of people. We don't ever say, oh, look at those thugs fighting in the NHL. It's just like, oh, it's hockey. They're going to fight. I am intrigued by why this continues to happen in hockey. I think it's a flaw of the sport. People out there are like, DBAP, Clay Travis. Don't be a pussy willow. Well, look, I totally understand and, and am fine with and watch the UFC or boxing. The purpose of those sports is to fight. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have combat sports or that fighting is bad for uh, making people who want to make a living doing it. I'm not making those suggestions at all. But I'm saying that if the NFL has said we're not going to allow it, if the NBA has said we're not going to allow it, soccer doesn't allow it, baseball suspends pretty substantially when it happens in that sport, and it's relatively rare, why does hockey allow it? And why is the penalty for Alexander Ovechkin five minutes when if Kevin Durant knocked out Patrick Beverly, he might well not be allowed to play for the rest of the NBA postseason. Why is our standard for punishment so much different? 877-996-6369. I know we're going to have loaded lines. I'm going to let Dub field those. But Eddie, like when you think about this, does it really make sense? And think about the way that people would react if Kevin Durant knocked out Patrick Beverly compared to how people reacted when Alexander Ovechkin knocked out this 19-year-old for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I, I really think that the racial uh, slant on this is not valid. Uh, I, I think it's allowed because, other than what we talked about before, the NHL is clearly in the fourth spot of the, of the four major sports. They want to have something that makes them a little bit different and unique. Uh, whether you think this is the thing they should do with that or not is certainly up for debate. So you think it's a weakness of the sport? I think, the, like I said, the league wants to do something to set it apart from the other leagues. I think that's part of it. And I think the fans are not against it. And I don't think it has anything to do with, well, they're white guys, so it's okay. I think if it were if the NHL were majority black sport, it wouldn't be allowed. I don't. I think, that, I think that's ridiculous. I think it's totally the case. I, th- I, I really do. I think that you never hear anybody called, never hear like, oh, look at those thugs fighting in the NHL. I've heard that before. I haven't. I've, I've heard, never heard, I've, heard on- ho- I've heard hockey players be referred to as thugs. But uh, pe- by I've, people who don't like hockey, but whatever. I never have heard somebody come on and be like, oh, these hockey players are out of control. They're thugs. I've, I've heard plenty of people say that who are not hockey fans. All right. I haven't. Um, so I think, I think that the reason, I think it's clearly a weakness in hockey. Right, I think it's a weakness in the sport because what you're basically saying is the game itself is not entertaining enough. We need to have fighting uh, in order to keep people interested. And I just I find it really interesting that I don't think anybody out there would argue, hey, the NFL's for for wusses. NFL doesn't allow fighting. The NFL, like if it happens, you get suspended and 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 fined, and you're not like Leonard Fournette last year. Now, it's also stupid, right? I mean, if you're wearing a football uniform and a helmet and everything else, I always think it's crazy to throw punches. But the minute you throw a punch in an NFL game, you're out for the rest of the game, and you might well be suspended going forward uh, for another additional games. Because the NFL has said, hey, we're not going to allow fighting in our sport. The only sport 
And again, I'm not talking people. Some dumb people are going to call in or going to tweet me and be like, what about the UFC? What about boxing? You know, that's the entire point of the sport. Those are combat sports. So that's why the sport exists. But hockey doesn't exist to fight. I think it's a weakness of the sport, and I think the reason why it's still allowed to continue is because hockey is such a white sport. I really do. When I ultimately come down to why the culture hasn't changed it, the NBA, they said, hey, we got to get fighting out of this sport. They did everything possible to get it out. And I just want you to think about the way that the story would be covered if Kevin Durant knocked out Patrick Beverly and then Beverly hit his head and was concussed this story would be, oh my God, can you believe what Kevin Durant did? Alexander Ovechkin's the best player in the playoffs, defending a Stanley Cup champ, knocks out a dude, and it's like he's Mike Tyson. He's been heralded, he's been praised, almost zero criticism at all. If Kevin Durant knocked out a guy on the basketball court, people would lose their minds. Why is that? And again, it's not just because they're in pads and they're in they're tough guys because the NFL doesn't allow it either. I'm going to take your calls. I will bring in the crew. 877-996-6369. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Open up your minds. Think. Make interesting arguments. Be ready to respond when we actually go to your calls. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free. Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is a local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com to find the office near you, or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, for forklift operator to customer service the team at express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step whether you're looking for a contract job or a new full-time role turn to express employment interviewing with express can be as easy as a phone call and one application with express employment puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community don't go in your job search alone visit expresspros.com expresspros.com today
If you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in the United States experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many people with mental health needs fail to receive the treatment and support necessary to elevate their quality of life. Carillon Behavioral Health is doing something about it. Born out of one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country, Carillon Behavioral Health believes that behavioral health is a key part of whole health. With 40-plus years of experience and 115,000 in-network providers, they understand the power of meaningful connection and compassionate care, treating physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carillon Behavioral Health is there to not only help individuals in need, but caregivers, parents, and communities, so everyone comes out stronger on the other side. Carillon Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. All right, we're going to go to calls. I'm asking an interesting question. One of the things I like to do is some people say, well, that's just always the way it has been. That's a really strong argument for dumb people. Why is this the way it is? Well, it's just always the way it's been. Well, that's not really a very intelligent way of looking at something because things change all the time. If nothing is changing, then kind of examine why that might be. NBA says we're wiping out all fighting in our sport. And if it happens, you're going to face a severe punishment. And that's despite the fact that there's a long history of fights breaking out in NBA games over a long course of time. NFL says we're not going to allow any fighting at all to exist in our game. Soccer doesn't exist. If it happens, you're kicked out, miss multiple games. College basketball, they've taken it out. College football, it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen very often in baseball, but when it does, you get multi-game suspensions, even when nothing really happens, and it's mostly that kind of a shoving thing like happened with Yasiel Puig recently. Hockey, you get five minutes in the penalty box. Even if a guy's knocked out and gets a concussion, it might be out for the rest of the series, might be out for the rest of the year. Why? Why does hockey continue to allow fighting? And triggered guy out there is like, what about boxing? That's my voice for triggered guy. What about, are you going to take away boxing? You're going to take away the UFC? That's triggered guy voice. Dumb argument, triggered guy voice. No, those are combat sports. If you get into the octagon, you know what's going to happen. But, by the way, the UFC has rules. You can't eye gouge. You can't just punch a guy in the groin over and over again until he submits. Boxing has rules. Can't punch a guy in the back of the head. Can't punch a guy in the groin. Even in combat sports, there are rules that people decide, you know, that's beyond the pale. We're not going to allow that anymore. But in hockey, it is fascinating to me that you can have the best player knock somebody out and everybody likes the best player more. Nobody questions it. Nobody asks why it happened. 
People are like, man, Alexander Ovechkin's awesome. He's got to go serve five minutes. That's it. They're playing tonight. That's why I'm thinking about it. Carolina Hurricanes going up against the Washington Capitals, defending Stanley Cup champs. Two Russians, by the way, fighting. All we needed was a bottle of vodka between them. It could have been a battle to the death. But why? My argument is, I really 1 billion percent believe this, that it's because hockey players are white dudes. And white people don't have problems with white people fighting as much as they do with black people fighting. It's not as scary to them. Make an argument, certainly in the NBA, that also it's that there's no protective rink around and that the NBA's worst nightmare is the malice in the palace. Fans fighting with players. It's spilling into the crowd. The danger for people who are sitting courtside seats and pay the most money. I think all those things factor in. But I think the reason why the NBA had to go so aggressively after policing the league was race-based. I really do feel that way. We got open phone lines. I think we have loaded phone lines. Dub, who should we go to first? We got Joseph in Jacksonville, Florida. Joseph in Jacksonville, what's up? Hey, is this on? Yes. Hey, how's it going? Um, so there's a couple points. Mainly the, the players in the NHL want fighting, like overwhelmingly. I'm not trying to find the link to the specifics of you. But the players want it. The 19-year-old wanted that fight. And, and Ovechkin was like, I mean, it's fun. Let's go. Yeah, Jacksonville, Florida. I really can't hear him. Yeah, we're going to have to drop you. If your phone doesn't work, we have to drop you. Uh, let's go to the Outkick VIP. What's up? Yeah, Dan in New Jersey. Clay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, respectfully disagree. I got two quick points for you. The, the first one being um, what the guy in Jacksonville, I think, started saying is that the players overwhelmingly want it, where there was a recent survey. I think it was like 98% of NHL players responded that they – um, that they that they want to keep fighting in hockey. It's not just the not just the fans. I think if you took a survey of basketball players or baseball players, I think you'd be shocked if you got maybe 20% of that. And and um, and, and in those sports, you don't even really you know see fighting. 90% of the time, it's it's just uh, players standing in a circle holding each other back. And um, it's not the the fighting that I think is uh, key to the culture that's in hockey. And the second point is, I think that. Um, it really does go a long way in, in policing the game. Um, I'll give you some quick context to that. Just last, just this past weekend, uh, Nazem Kadri of the Toronto Maple Leafs was suspended for the entire series uh, for a cross-check to, to the face um, of a Boston Bruins player. And I think that the unanimous reaction of the hockey community was just, uh, you know, we know you had a problem with this guy. Why didn't you just drop the gloves with him and, uh, and settle it and let that be the end of it? And I think... Um, those kinds of... Um, but how would you, know, you respond... Hold on. Yeah, I appreciate the call. How would you respond to people who say that the best possible hockey is Olympic hockey and there's never any fighting? I agree. It's, it's, it's the best... It's the best, and I guess, in the sense of like a pure game, the, you know, the pure talent level. I would say that that's a, probably a, a true statement. But I think, um, again, it's more about um, pride and country and um, you know, playing with a different level of, uh, I think, respect for the game that um, I think kind of helps take fighting out of it. Yeah, thanks for the call. Here's my point. If the NHL wanted to end fighting, they could do it in the snap of the fingers. If you introduced substantial penalties, then players would stop doing it. And my point is, there's no pressure whatsoever to end fighting in hockey. And why does that pressure not exist? There's no fan pressure to end fighting in hockey in the grand scheme of things. I think it's because white dudes watch hockey, and it's white guys fighting, and they aren't threatened by it. I really do. 
I think that is the reason why there isn't pressure in hockey in the same way that there is in the NBA. Look, the NBA is a majority white fan league with a majority black player base. I think that tension troubles people more in the NBA. The NFL is a majority white fan league with a majority black player. They don't allow fighting. Major League Baseball, majority white league, majority white fan base. They don't stop guys from throwing at each other. They could stop that, right? I've argued before. Like, if you introduce some penalty substantial enough, nobody would ever get thrown at in baseball again. You would never have another brawl at the mound. You penalize people severely enough, they're not going to do it. There is no, like, Alexander Ovechkin had a five-minute penalty. The penalty for him getting in a fight is almost non-existent. Why is that? Uh, I'm just asking you to think about it. Just think. Why is that difference in treatment? Uh, who's up next, Dub? We got Matthew in Fort Lauderdale. Matthew in Fort Lauderdale. What's up? Hey, Clay, how you doing? Um, comes down to keeping the league running, and that's what the league wants. Fans want to see that, so they need to make money. And second of all, I've but well, here's here's I the question. I, here's the question, though. I'm asking Matthew: Why do fans want to see fighting in hockey and not see fighting in the NBA? Okay, mainly it's because. The sport itself is very intense, and there's a lot of contact. Okay, but so why don't we want to see why don't we want to see fighting in the NFL? Because every single play, you're taking a risk of taking someone's head off. Defensive backs pride themselves on taking someone's head off. So what, what's the difference between two people throwing gloves down, tearing off, or somebody taking a hit from the side that they don't see coming? Yeah, thanks for the call. I, I just I don't buy into the NHL being more physically violent than the NFL. And I think most NFL fans, if you said, hey, uh, they're just going to be random guys who start fighting, and if somebody gets knocked out for the season or not knocked out for a substantial por- por- a portion of time, that's fine. That's just par for the course. Like Again, I'm not saying that guys don't occasionally fight in the NFL, but if they do, they get suspended. And as a result, the fighting doesn't happen very often. So I don't see this as some sort of like there. I'm sure if I check my Twitter mentions, people will be like, "Oh, you suck!" Like this is you know super masculine culture, whatever. Like I'm all in favor of men competing at a high level, physically even in violent sports. But I'm saying what is fascinating to me is think about the result. Just think about the way that Kevin Durant knocking somebody out in the NBA would be covered versus Alexander Ovechkin doing it. And why the NBA has had to scrub all fighting and all physical violence such that people make fun of the NBA now, right? Like, if you look at old clips, people put up, like, clips from the 70s and the 80s, what actually went on on an NBA court, the fouls, compared to what is allowed and disallowed in the NBA now. Like, the NBA has taken so much physicality out of the sport, and it's allowed somebody like Steph Curry to be dominant. Hand-checking wouldn't have allowed Steph Curry to be as dominant in the 80s and the 90s. Didn't open up the court, didn't have the ability to shoot. Certainly, Michael Jordan going to the basket gets treated a lot differently than Russell Westbrook going to the basket does. Jordan, the Jordan rules. I mean, the Pistons would beat the crap out of him going to the bucket. Remember those fights back in the day between the Knicks and the Heat when they seemed like every year the Knicks and the Heat played? Remember... Jeff Van Gundy holding on to, I think it was Alonzo Mourning's leg while he got dragged around during the middle of the brawl. Remember Latrell Sprewell choking out P.J. Carlissimo, his coach? 
It's fascinating to me to think about why the difference in violence, which is not a part of the sport, is so substantial. Who we got, Dub? Kevin in Nashville. Kevin in Nashville. What's up, Kevin? Hey, Clay. Uh, first, I'm a season ticket holder for the Preds, but I think your argument is a little crazy. I think two, two main reasons. One, in, in other sports, it's a brawl. Everyone jumps in. Everyone stands up and lets them fight. Someone hits the ground, it's over. Where in football, basketball, if they go to the ground, they continue to fight. Yeah, but, that, but again, let me, let me pause you there. That's a sign of the violence being accepted. Like, do you think that if the NBA came out and said, okay, if two guys want to fight, we're going to allow them to square off and fight until somebody hits the ground and then we'll stop, that that would be allowed in the NBA? I don't think it would. Do you think in the NFL if they said, hey, we're going to allow – anytime two guys get really mad at each other because of how the game's going, we're going to allow everybody else to move away and those two guys are just going to fight until somebody hits the ground? In Major League Baseball, if we said, hey, a batter and a pitcher get angry at each other – and so if they both just decide to drop the bat and throw the gloves, we'll allow them to just stand in the center of the baseball diamond and throw punches at each other. In, hot, in, in soccer, if somebody has a sliding tackle that somebody else thinks is too aggressive and two guys decide they're going to fight and they want to face off against each other, we'll allow them to fight until one of them hits the ground. Again, the culture allows it. And so your point of the culture allowing it doesn't change my point that there's a reason the culture allows it. And, and I think a lot of people listening right now, when, when I just gave all those examples, would say, no, I don't, no, that's crazy. Like, I don't want to see Ezekiel Elliott suddenly uh, get mad at one of the linebackers who's tackling him, and suddenly they both just throw their helmets down, and they just start standing there and throwing punches at each other until one of them gets knocked down to the ground, and then they each have to go out for two minutes, and then they get to come back and play in the game. I think that would be a tremendous flaw. So I, I want to cut off the argument of, oh, that all you're proving is that hockey has so ingrained fighting that nobody even questions the fact that it happens. Yet if the same kind of scenario happened in any other sport, everybody out there right now is saying, what? Well, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like the goalie in soccer and the forward who just ran into each other on a uh, loose ball, they're just going to drop their gloves and they're going to throw punches at each other until one of them hits the ground and then they're going to I mean that's crazy all right so you can continue that was point one yeah what about just even just the fact that they're on skates right these guys football players are on cleats they're more agile and like you said the arena is blocked off right the fans can't get involved I think that's just part of it is just that they're on skates the, the, the violence is not nearly what would be in the NFL because again there are rules around the fighting it's not a brawl and 99 out of 100 fights are just someone getting punched in the face once and they fall over and move on. And it's not, you know, people are breaking jaws, getting knocked out constantly. This is a very rare experience. Yeah, no, I, I, understand, I understand the argument. I'm just saying it's amazing to me because if you take the exact same rules and you put them to play in any other sport, most people are going to say that's crazy. There's no way that should exist. And I think imagine in the NBA – all right, Patrick Beverly and Kevin Durant have been going at it. Imagine if tonight they just both decided, you know what, and, and the announcers were like, oh, it looks like Beverly and uh, Durant want to fight. And everybody just stood off to the side and they threw punches at each other until one of them hit the ground. And then the officials came running in and, set, and, and, and ended it. People would be like, that's crazy. Like the NBA would not be allowed to do that. And I'm asking why. This is an interesting question, right? I mean, because a lot of times people accept what exists in the world of sports or life, and they never say, hey, how do we get here? 
How did we get here where this is a reality? And to me, it just kind of came into focus when the Alexander Ovechkin fight happens and he severely injures someone who may not be able to play for the rest of the season, who could have, let's be honest, if you look at, at history, when people get knocked out and then they hit hard objects like ice, they can die, right? That Alexander Ovechkin could have killed a man on the ice in that game. This happens every year all over the country. Two dumb college kids get drunk at a bar and start throwing punches at each other outside, and one of them uh, connects, and the guy falls and usually hits his head, and he dies. This happens every year, every college in uh, in like in a, every year in a college in America. There are two stupid drunk guys outside throwing haymakers at each other. One of them will land, somebody will fall and hit their head, and usually that person gets. It's always a question like, well, what should we do? They were squared up fighting each other. Is it self-defense? Does this guy get charged with a crime? We'll take a few more of your calls to finish out the show. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Gambling tip tonight. The Warriors are going to lobotomize the Clippers in Staples Center. Rarely I do this, but I'm tapping the veins right now for you guys as I come out of the break. Blood bank guarantee coming out. I was 3-0 and last night in the NBA. I got a good read on this. Pure destruction coming for the Clippers. Uh, taking your calls, let's dive back in. We'll finish off the show here today. Look forward to hanging with you guys on Friday as we break down the NBA, NHL, and more. But what you got for me? Who's up next, Dub? We got Alex in South Carolina. Alex in South Carolina. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Good. Um, I just wanted to up in the old uh, hockey ending conversation. Um, I think you can't compare sports to the other sports because it's, it's too different. First. Yeah, you're breaking up as well. We have a huge percentage of people that don't have functional cell phones. The sport is different. Yes, I agree. Who's next? Ohio? Chris in Ohio, yeah. What's up, Chris? Hey, Clay. I think this is really about money and legal liability. I think that in the NBA and NFL, you know, they're very lucrative leagues, and they have a history of their players off the court bringing guns into the locker room or issues at clubs where they have guns or their entourages have guns and shootings. And I think the NBA and NFL realized that if they were to condone fighting, um, that they could find themselves in a legal predicament should this spill over into an off-the-court. Well, that's, inter- that's actually – thanks and for I, the call. I, yeah, sure. I'm going to try to get as many people as I can. That's an interesting argument. Certainly, I would think, although I don't know the numbers on this exactly, if you put the pro sports leagues up on arrest rates of players, it seems – now, the NHL is not as big as the other leagues, so I think it doesn't make news as often. But it would seem to me that the NHL would have a much lower arrest rate. And certainly, I haven't ever heard of this happening. Guys who get in fights in the games, I've never heard of it spiraling outside of the arena. Right, like you don't hear of two NHL fans showing of uh, players showing up at the same bar and getting into a fist fight at the bar, which would suggest again this is more of an entertainment and show thing than it is actual animus between the two. Does that make sense? Have you ever heard of two NHL guys getting in a fight outside of the arena after the fight on the court? 
uh, or ice, whereas you hear sometimes about guys get threatening each other. But I really I don't remember NFL and NBA guys getting in fights outside of the arena either. So I don't know necessarily that I buy into, oh, if guys fight on the court, that means that they're going. Now you hear sometimes, oh, somebody tried to go to the locker room or somebody tried to go talk to them while they're by the bus. But I don't ever remember seeing guys get in actual fights off the court or off the ice or off the field because of something that happened there. It's an interesting point, though, but I I really don't buy the liability argument, but it's an interesting one. Uh, Now, I do think that criminality off the court or field or whatever else can hurt the overall brand of the league. And I don't know what arrest rates would look like if you ranked them by, uh, by team or by league. I mean, there's a lot more NFL players, but it definitely seems like football players get in trouble more than any other athletes. Yeah, I looked it up for you, and you're right. It goes NFL, NBA, baseball, and then hockey. Okay, so hockey guys get arrested the least. Um, I mean, that doesn't really surprise me. NFL definitely seems like it's the most. Who's up next? Jimmy in California. Jimmy, what's up? Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make a couple quick points. Uh, first of all, the players are kind of in favor of it. It's just a physical sport, and it, pol- it polices the game. It stops the other players from being targeted. And then you got guys that are just strictly enforcers. Yeah, thanks for the call. We've had this. We've had this. I appreciate the call. We've had that argument. My pushback on that would be, and I'm not a hockey like expert by any stretch of the imagination, but when I talk to people who are really plugged in in the hockey sport, you heard John Morosi, who's very plugged in an hour too. He said the best version of hockey occurs in the Olympics. There is zero fighting. So that is a flaw of the way the game is being uh, regulated by the league if they are allowing fighting to police the league, which then leads to a lower quality of overall play. And the further thing I would say is notwithstanding what happened with Alexander Ovechkin, by and large there's not much fighting in the playoffs because the penalties become too draconian and lead to losing games. So this is typically something that is more likely to happen in the regular season. Um, so the fact that it doesn't happen very often in the postseason and the fact that it doesn't happen in the Olympics to me means it's a flaw of the overall sport. I appreciate you guys enjoying and engaging in the conversation. Just think about it a little bit. Why is the cultural response so much different? Because fighting has existed for a long time is not a very good argument to me. Why has that been allowed to occur is the more intriguing question. Um, And so, anyway, fun conversation. We'll break down more of the NBA and the NHL playoffs tomorrow uh, on the show, Friday edition. Hope you guys have fantastic Thursdays. Blood Bank guarantee tonight. My gift to you, Golden State Warriors destroying the LA Clippers. This has been Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.